What's happening, JCC fam? Pastor H right here, greeting you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing, an amazing experience to be able to call this day a day of worship, to be able to come together, to deliver the word of God, to be able to share with you inspiration and just help you to get closer to your spiritual goals. Yes, we all need to have spiritual goals, places we want to go to with God. And I hope that today, can be that experience where God is able to elevate you to the places you need to go. We've been in this series called Live From Victory. My prayer has been that God would help you to see that as a Christian, you are not to live a defeated life. If you're in a difficult situation, it doesn't mean that you're defeated. It simply means that God is about to revolutionize things in your life and bring you to a place that you've never been. And you need to have faith enough to believe that God is going to take you to the places you need to be. So the premise of this series has been to help you to appreciate how you can harness God's power so that you can maneuver the difficulties and the challenges of your life. One of the things you need to do is that you need to be able to raise a hallelujah. I love preaching that sermon, y'all. Let me, let, let me be straight with you because uh, that sermon really helped me to see that when I raise a hallelujah, I put the spotlight on God, not my problems. When I raised a hallelujah, I created a mood for victory. And I understood that, hey, I don't have to be sad or sad. I can be happy when things are not looking right or looking good. And when I raised a hallelujah, I also understood that I prepare for celebration. So I hope those concepts spoke to you. I hope those con concepts lifted you up. And today I want to circulate again in that particular passage. Okay. But I want to focus specifically on verse number nine and verse number 10. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 19, verse number 9 to verse number 10. Revelation 19, verse 9 to 10. Let me put this text into context. Uh, basically, John hears about a grand vision in heaven raising hallelujah. He knows people must raise a hallelujah. But his reaction to the hallelujah is what is troublesome. And that's what I want to focus on today. That sometimes it is possible for God to bring about a change of circumstances. It's possible for God to show us a way forward, but yet I still go backward. And I want you to notice how John reacted after they had raised a hallelujah in heaven about the salvation of God. Notice how he reacted. The text says, And the angel said to me, the angel said to me, Write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, You must not do that. You must not do that. I want to sim on that for a moment with you. You must not do that. You got to praise God for moments when you haven't done it. When you haven't said it, you got to praise God for those moments. You have to praise God for moments when somebody was bold enough to tell you, no, don't do that. You got to praise God that you didn't sign up. You didn't watch it. You got to praise God for those moments. You must not do that says the angel to John. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. He must not worship the angel, but then notice what the angel says. Worship God. Worship God. Two words, but power packed. Worship God. Why? For the testament of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Kisses. Kisses. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Let us pray. Father God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. We also know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
And the word, Jesus, became flesh. Father, we can't live without Jesus. We can't live without the word. And right now, I'm about to preach the word. I need you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Linguists, those who study language, how language works, how language operates, they have a method in their study called semantics. Semantics means the study of how words are used and what they mean. Linguists look at how words transform over time. Uh, linguists look at how words change over time. They study how words have grown. So today I want to do a little bit of semantics with you. We're going to do a little linguistics right now on the word worship. So as I was looking at the meaning of the word worship, I, I discovered that it comes from an old English word that means something that is worthy. So when you want to understand what worship is or what worship means, it must be something that is worthy. Something worthy of your time, worthy of your talents, worthy of your temple, worthy of your treasure. Something to devote to, something to commit to, something to adore, something to reverence. That's something that is worthy of worship. We are confronted in this text with a man who knows worship, who has talked about worship, but yet he's practicing the wrong kind of worship. It is John who uh, talks about the divinity of Jesus in the Gospel of John. It is John who says in his three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, that God is love. If no man loves, he has not seen God. It is John who is writing the the letter of revelation to the seven churches who is talking about worthy, worthy is the lamb and worthy to be worshipped. And he's talking about how the 24 elders and the four living creatures, they fall down at the throne of God and they worship God. John is a man who knows worship. He understands the theology of worship. He knows facts about worship. He has even crafted ideas about worship. But in this text, we see him practicing the wrong kind of worship. I don't know if you have been there in your life that you know the right theology, but yet you practice the wrong theology. I don't know if you have been there in your life that you know the truth of the Bible, but you don't live the truth of the Bible. I don't know if you have been there in your life where you know the Bible says that if you confess your sins, you're faithful and just, Yet you choose not to confess your sins because somehow you feel that you need to make yourself right before you go before God again. I don't know if you have been there that you know the Bible says that you have to keep yourself pure. Yet you have been impure in your thoughts. You've been impure in your words. You've been impure in your body. You've been impure in what you put into your body. I don't know if you can relate to John this morning, but I'm here to let you know that it is possible to know the right thing, but to do the wrong thing. And it is possible to know the wrong thing and do the right thing. John is in a place that I want you to look at as a place of comfort and a place of challenge. Because right here, his humanity uh, sips out like stink in a trash can. The, the other day I came, I came, I came home and and I laid down on my couch and I was just trying to, uh, to chill and, and relax. And I kept smelling. I kept smelling. I said, mm, is that me? Uh, no, it ain't me. I did a breath check. I said, mm, it ain't me. 
uh, then I walked around and said, what is that smell? What is that smell? And then I went to the trash can. I said, mm, it's my trash can because I had put, uh, thrown in their rotting beans and I forgot to take them out. And so they were creating a stink. I couldn't keep it covered. I couldn't keep the lid of, of the trash can covered and the stink came out. You and I, sometimes our humanity is like stink that comes out. We can smell it. It doesn't smell right and it, it, it disturbs us and it, it, it makes us feel uncomfortable. But I want you to understand that when you are at that place, that is a good place to be. That is the best place to, space to be because it helps me to know that God is not interested in a perfect human being. God is not interested in perfect people that have perfect lives, that have perfect ideas, but God is interested in a stinky human beings that sometimes they will do wrong, that sometimes they will do the wrong thing, but God is interested in that. And I wonder if anybody is listening to me who is praising God that God doesn't love you because you first love Him? Who is praising God that God doesn't forgive of your sins because you made yourself right? Who is praising God that in spite of your filthiness, God still accepts you? Who is thankful to God that even though your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, that God is still willing to accept you? That even though you have kissed God on one cheek and betrayed Him, your God still accepts you? Even though you have told people that they mean nothing, even though you have walked out of people in your life, that God is still able to look at you and is interested in using you? I don't know if there's anybody here today who is praising God that even on your worst days, even when you feel depressed, even when you feel angry, even you feel like you want to give up and quit and, and, and think that this ain't working out, that God is still willing and able to use you. I, I wonder if somebody is listening to me who has preached a good sermon, but then turn around and falling back into pornography. I wonder if there's somebody here who has prayed and read the word of God, but the next minute they curse out somebody. I wonder if there's anybody here who has been in temptation and struggle and trial, but yet God is still willing to listen to your prayer and utilize your life. You see, when we look at John practicing the, long, the wrong theology, we need to say, praise the Lord. That in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done, God can still utilize my life and God can still elevate me. And I don't need anybody to affirm me about that. I don't need anybody to to tell me about that, but I can trust what God says and I live that. But at the same time, while we be comforted by the stinkiness of the humanity of John, we need to be challenged too. Because John lives it out there for us to read it and to see it. Not for us to remain the same. Because even though John almost practiced the wrong kind of worship, he stopped back. It tells me that you and I can start back. Even when we have made a mistake, we can stay back. Even when we have said the wrong words, we can apologize. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Even when we have clicked on it, we can unclick and shut it down. Even though we have dressed it, and it's making us look in a certain kind of way, we can undress it. Even though we have started to drink it, we can stop undrinking it. We need to be challenged that even though our humanity may come out, even though our humanity may slip out, but yet, like what I did, you can go into the garbage can and take out the trash and throw it in the dumpster and give it of the stinkiness. And somebody today needs to get rid of their stinkiness. Somebody today needs to step up and to say, what well, you know what, Lord? I'm going to start reading the Bible again. Somebody today needs to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to start living to my potential. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to be there for my family. I'm going to contribute to the church. Somebody needs to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to apologize. Somebody needs to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to make it right. Somebody needs to say, I'm going to sit at the table and have the conversation. Somebody needs to say, you know what, Lord, I was giving up on you, 
but I'm not going to give up today. Don't allow your humanity to keep you in a state of comfort, but allow your humanity to challenge you to be better than what you can be. And as we're ending the year 2021, we need to start thinking like this, that our humanity should not hold us back, but rather humanity should be like a springboard at a swimming pool that is able to catapult us so that we can do somersaults and dive deeper with God. I don't know if there's somebody who's listening to me today who is saying, Pastor, I want to go deeper with God. Pastor, I want to elevate my life. Pastor, I want to do better. Pastor, I want to be all that I can be because of what Jesus has done for me. Can I bring you a little bit deeper this morning? You see, John's humanity should speak to all of us today because what he did, you and I tend to do. Because John took a wild moment and he turned it into a worship moment. Check out what happened in this text. What happened in this text is this. The angel says to John, the text says, and he said to me, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the two words of God. This is the wow moment because the angel delivered to John a powerful statement of truth. So he wowed John. Wow. A celebration is coming. I can be invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. The, 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 the messenger, the angel brought a powerful message. So John was wowed by the message. And because he was wowed by the message in his weakness, in his humanity, he turned it into a worship moment. And you and I, before we check John, you and I have been at that particular place that we have taken a moment of revelation and turned it into a moment of reverence for the one who has brought the revelation. Let me come closer. When you have seen or heard that speaker for the first time and they have spoken to you in a way that you've never heard before, are you not wild? Yes, you are. And what do you do when you are wild? You want to speak to the preacher and you want the preacher to pray for you and pray for your family. And some of you will pour out your heart to the preacher to let him know, preacher, you wild me and I want you to, to help me. But, but I want you to understand that sometimes we can take that wow moment and turn it into a worship moment. Because now this preacher becomes our favorite preacher. We follow them around. We, we watch their broadcasts. We, we listen to them. We soak in whatever they say. And we no longer see them as wrong. They can say some funny things, but we'll still be like, wow, I, well, that's my favorite preacher. They, they, they did it right. We are wowed by singers who are able to sing that song and carry that tune and hit that tone and hit that note. They're like, mm, mm, mm. They never sung it like that before. They really know how to elevate me. They, they just know how to bring me to another place. Never mind that they, they, they their lives are, are questionable, but they're my favorite singer. They, 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 they wowed me. And now we worship them. Think about your favorite celebrities. Think about your favorite athletes. They can do no wrong. Their stuff don't stink. You feel me? When people talk about Steph Curry, I get a little, get a little offended. I don't like criticism of my favorite player. And some of us have turned uh, wild moments. Someone wowing us into a moment of worship. We, we worship people in our lives. Some of us worship our parents. Whatever they say, however they say it, we do it. And some of us, uh, they are uh, us and our parents in the relationship. The parents still control the relationship. Where are you going to buy this? Where are you going to take the kids? Where? The parents are the ones who do that because we worship our parents. We don't want to disappoint them. They are our parents have to roll. Some of us will worship those whom we love. They can never do any wrong. And if somebody will give us any idea about them, like, hey, listen, I know you love this person, but I think 
you might want to rethink this because I feel like it's a red flag. Why you never support me? You, you, are, you are never on my team. You always say bad about the people that I love. Because we have turned a wow moment that somebody gives us into a worship moment. I don't know if you're, I'm, I'm speaking to you this morning. That it, is, it, is, it is human to want to worship. It is human to want to adore. It is human to want to do the acts of devotion. It is human to want to do the acts of reverence. And right here, a man of God, one who knows the scriptures, one who understands the theology, is worshiping an angel. He, he shouldn't be doing this, but he's doing it anyway because he has taken someone and made them into an object of worship. But there are two things I need you to tell you about someone. Whoever someone may be in your life, whoever someone, whomever, whoever someone has been in your life, whoever has wowed you, whoever has made you amazed, I need you to tell you two things about them. It's this, and it comes from the words of the angel. And I'm really glad that the angel stepped up to John like this. He says, you must not do that. Amen. Praise God for those who have stepped up to you and said, don't do that. Praise God when you have stopped yourself. You, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. So two things. When somebody has wowed you, you need to think about. Number one, they are a fellow servant. Number two, they have access to the same things that you have access to. You must not do that, says the angel. I am a fellow servant. In the text, in the Greek, it's sundulos. Uh, basically, somebody who becomes a bond servant, someone who becomes dedicated to someone, someone who devotes themselves to someone. This is what the angel is saying. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sundulos with you. He doesn't say I'm a sundulos above you. He says, I'm a sundulos with you. I am on the same level as you. I'm on the same equal platform as you. I am no superior to you. I am on your level. And somebody today needs to hear me that when you look at someone who has wowed you, consider that person a sundulos. They are a fellow servant. They are just like you. They are equal to you because they are not better than you. Because they are created just like you. Somebody may be a president and be taken in a photograph and have his hands like this. And you might say, wow, that person is in a special class by themselves. They're not. They're not. You might look at somebody. They might have a lot of money like Jeff Bezos. But they're not in a special class than you. They are a fellow servant like you. Mm -hmm. When you look at me, I'm a fellow servant like you. And when I look at you, you're a fellow servant like me. When you look at your manager, you're a fellow servant like him. I'm saying this to help you to be liberated. Because some of us, we are chained to those who wow us. But allow me to let you know that anybody who is wowing you is a fellow servant like you. The point is, God has not made human beings in classes. All human beings are on the same level and on the same platform. Nobody is special than the other. I really loved this angel's words to, this, to John. Because he wants John to understand, John, I may be angelic and you may be prophetic. I may be heavenly and you may be earthly. But that does not make us any different. Yes, we may have a different focus. We may have a different responsibility. We may have a different role. But our difference in function does not make us different in worth and value. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody right now. Our difference in functionality does not make us different in value. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. God creates different roles. God creates different functions but he never creates different equality and different worth. All human beings, all his creatures 
are on the same level. And so he's helping the, 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 the prophet to understand, John, don't worship me. I'm not worthy of your worship because I'm a creature like you. I function differently, yes. I come from heaven, yes. But I'm, I'm not different than you. And so whoever is wowing you, please understand, they are no different than you. They just have a different functionality and a different place. Yes, we need to respect them. We need to honor their gifts. We need to honor their talents. We need to honor their expertise. They can do things that we cannot do. Amen. They can talk the way we cannot talk. They can organize and manage. In fact, the Bible says, consider others better than you. We, we should do that. But it doesn't mean that they're better than us at the sense of our, our, our humanity. You see, here's a beautiful picture that you need to understand about the way God functions and how he has created human beings. He has created human beings in a complementary approach. I didn't put this in my notes, but I, I just feel like I need to say this. He has put human beings in a complementary approach. Watch this. When you look at a relation between a husband and a wife, that's complementing each other. There are some things a husband can do that a wife cannot do. And there's some things that a wife can do that a husband cannot do. But when the two people come together and they complement each other, they're able to do something amazing. And you understand what I'm saying? When you look at a pastor and a church, there are things that a pastor can do, but there are things that a church cannot do. And there are things that a church can do that a pastor cannot do. But when they come together, oh my goodness, they're able to do uh, an amazing and a beautiful thing. I guess what I'm saying. There are things that a boss can do and there are things that uh, an employee cannot do. And the things that an employee can do that a boss cannot do. But when they come together, oh my goodness, and they complement each other, they're able to work together and do amazing things. And so the angel is saying, John, you and I are complimenting each other. I'm here coming from heaven, delivering a message about God. I'm giving it to you. And I want you to take what I've given to deliver to somebody else but do not think just because I came from heaven and I delivered it to you that I'm better than you and somebody today needs to understand that you're not better simply because you're in a higher position you're not better because you have an ability to travel around the world you're not better because you can preach you're not better because you're in a position of a teacher you're not better because you're able to manage and to lead you're not better you are you you need others you need others to contribute to you you need others to help you and somebody who is also not in a position of leadership do not think that you are in an inferior position you need to understand that God has put you in that position for a specific purpose and mission and do that and compliment those who are higher than you do not criticize them do not put them down but you need to say you know what they're in a position of leadership I respect them I'm going to work with them and move with them and we're going to track it together we're going to compliment each other and if we can have that approach I believe that we can do amazing things for God I believe that God can take us to the next level but too many times you and I we think of ourselves you and I think that somebody else is not as good as me. You and I think that, oh, I can do it all by myself. But let me let you know, no human being is ever successful by themselves. A baby is not born by themselves. A baby does not feed themselves. Parents, when they get old, they need kids. A pastor needs church members. Church members need a pastor. A business needs customers. A customer's needs business. A grab driver needs passengers. And passengers needs a grab driver. I understand what I'm saying. A husband needs a wife. A wife needs a husband. Children need parents. Parents need children. We all need each other. You are not an island on your own. And so you and I need to start to learn to believe that, look, I can do this. But when I have people with me, tracking with me, then I'll be successful. I'm not superior to them. I'm not inferior to them. I'm a fellow servant. And I'm saying this to liberate somebody who doesn't do what they need to do because they don't feel like they are capable. They don't feel like they are able because somebody has told you you cannot do that or you feel inferior or you feel you cannot do this because some people are too beneath you. No, 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 no. The angel says, I'm your fellow servant. So when somebody has wowed you, listen to me. You need to say, you know what? They are fellow servant. They are wowing me because of what they can do. They are wowing me because of their abilities. They are wowing me because they're gifted in that. But that's what they're gifted in. And have you noticed that no human being has a complete package? They don't have a complete package. Steph Curry can shoot three-point shots, but he can't dunk. Michael Jordan could dunk, could shoot three-point shots, but he wasn't such a great teammate. 
LeBron James is a great teammate and he's a great player, but he doesn't have the hunger and the drive of Michael Jordan. And notice I'm using uh, basketball examples because I'm, I'm, I'm a basketball fan. But no human being has everything. No human being. You can complain about anybody and everybody. They, you can always find something to complain about. I, I can find something to complain about JCC. As well as JCC can find something to complain about me. That's, that's just how life is. But what we need to appreciate, ah, what we need to appreciate is everybody comes with something good and powerful to the table. Something amazing and something wonderful. And we need to, to learn to balance weaknesses and strengths. When we see weaknesses, we also need to look at strengths and to say, you know what? Yeah, they're weak in here. They have this problem. They have that, but they have this strength and this strength. And so we are able to live in normalcy. We're able to live with a certain sense of, of, of appreciation because sometimes we either focus on the strengths and we neglect the weaknesses or we focus on the weaknesses and we neglect the strengths. So the angel says, John, mm -mm, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant like you. I'm not special. I just have a different function. And the second thing you need to concentrate on when somebody has wowed you, so you don't worship them, is... What the, what, the, what, what the text says here. It says, I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Notice, who hold the testimony of Jesus? John is telling John, I mean, the angel is telling John, we have access to the same thing, the testimony of Jesus. Uh, this testimony of Jesus is a, an exegetical landmine. It's scholars debate this concept. But today I'm not going to give you scholarly discussion about it. The point is, John is being told, you have access to the testament of Jesus. In fact, you are holding the testament of Jesus. And praise the Lord that you and I can hold the testament of Jesus. You are holding the testament of Jesus in your hands right now. If you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're holding the testament of Jesus. I am holding the testament of Jesus. You're holding the testimony of Jesus. Amen, somebody. We have access to the same thing. We have access to the same thing. And that's what I need somebody here to understand me. That you and I have access to the same thing. You may not have access to, <laughs> you may not have access to private jets, but you have access to Jesus. You may not have access to protection detail like Jokowi, but you have access to Jesus. You may not travel the world, but you have access to Jesus. You may not be able to preach, but you have access to Jesus. Things may be closed to you. Things may be denied to you. Things may be declined for you, but you have access to Jesus. And is anybody here today who is praising God for access to Jesus? That even on your lowest days, and even on the moments when you don't feel like you are anything, even when it ain't coming, even when you feel like you are never going to get there, but yet you have access to Jesus. I don't know if you can praise God today, that you can go to God still, no matter if everything seems still in your life, no matter if there's no movement in your life, no matter if things are blocked, you apply for this, it's not working. You have applied for that job, it's not working. You have tried to make this move and it's not working. You have tried to talk about it, it has ended in disaster. You have tried to propose, but they said, no, it ain't right for us. I don't know if there's somebody here today that is feel, feels like things have been blocked, who feels like things have been closed up, who feels like things are never going to move? I don't know if there's somebody today, but I want that somebody to understand that you have access to Jesus and that it will never be blocked no matter what happens in your life, no matter who leaves your life, no matter how your turn, your life turns out, you never lose access to this. Uh, you may feel like you can't uh, make that procedure happen because you don't have the money. 
You, you may feel like you have to stop dating because it ain't working out. You may feel like it is no longer attainable to work with certain people and you may want to start something else. You may feel like a project is not happening. You may feel like that. No access. But I'm here to let you know that you have access with Jesus. And the angel is telling John, John, you have access to Jesus. I have access to Jesus. So why are you worshiping me? Mm -hmm. Why are you putting your energies into me? I'm not worthy. I'm a fellow servant like you. I have the access to Jesus like you. I'm not worthy. I'm nobody. I'm just like you. And I love this angel because he's saying, John, you have access. And somebody that needs to know you have access to Jesus. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You have access to Jesus. And I'm praising God for access. All my hardest days, when it's painful, when I can't talk about it, when I need to curl up in a ball and say, oh man, this is painful. When I want to quit and give up, oh my goodness, in those days, I tell God, God, thank you for access to you. Thank you for access to you. If somebody needs to say, thank you, Lord, for access to you in my cancer. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my diabetes. Thank you, Lord, for my, my access to you in my COVID-19. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my heart disease. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my blood pressure. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my foot pain. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my back pain. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my pussing, pussing. Thank you, Lord, for my access to you in my socket. Thank you, Jesus, that I have access to you. And that nobody, that no one can take that access for me. So John is, have to, has to remember this because he's forgotten. And somebody needs to remember this because you might have forgotten that you have access to God. Any human being is on the same level as you. And so, knowing that whoever wows us really is on the same level as us, and we have access to God, just like they have access, then it only means one thing. Check this. Only God is worthy of your worship. Only God is worthy of your worship. Only God is worthy. Only God is worthy of your highest devotion. Only God is worthy of your highest convictions. Only God is worthy of his greatest recommendation. And for me, that, that frees me. In fact, I want to take off my jacket because I feel free. Because only God is worthy of worship. This, this, this term, worship, in the Greek, it was used when a big shot came into town. Whether it be a king or an emperor, when they came into town. So those who adored the king or adored the big shot would kneel down on the ground and kiss the big shot at the feet. And this is exactly what happens in the text. John falls down and falls at his feet and he's ready to worship. But in reality, the, the, the text is saying he's ready to kiss the angel. He's ready to kiss the angel. He's ready to blow him kisses. He, he's ready to fall down at his feet and kiss the feet of the angel. And the angel says, don't do that. You can comb through the Bible systematically from Genesis to Revelation. Anytime a person kisses the feet of somebody, it is always the feet of either the angel of the Lord or Jesus Christ. David, when he sees the angel of the Lord, he's ready to kiss him. And the angel allows him to do that. When Jesus is at the house of Simon, the Pharisee, 
when Mary comes in, she wipes his feet with the ointment and kisses his feet. Jesus accepts it. So the only person who deserves your kisses is God. Before you kiss the feet of anybody, before you blow them kisses, you need to ask yourself, are these feet worthy? The angel that they knew, my feet ain't worthy. I have not died for John. I did not walk the streets of Palestine for John. I did not carry John on his difficult days. I did not create John. I have no right. I have no, I, I have no right. I have no authority to be kissed at my feet. And he backed away, says, John, mm -mm, don't do that. Don't kiss my feet. Don't give me adoration. Don't give me devotion because I'm not God. I'm only a messenger delivering a message about God. Please do not kiss my feet. And I'm here to let somebody know that your victory will come when you learn to kiss the feet of God. When you learn to give God your greatest and highest devotion. When you learn to give God everything. Too many of us, we are kissing our jobs. We give our jobs so much of our time, so much of our effort. We have no time to pray. We have no time to get involved. You ask some of you, please, can you get involved in the church? Oh, pastor, my work is too hard right now. Kissing your job, blowing kisses for your job. And God is saying, when are you going to kiss me? When are you going to blow kisses to me? When are you going to give me your highest devotion? Has the job died for you? Did the job bleed for you? Did the job create you? Should we be devoted to our jobs? Yes, we need to. Should we be devoted to our marriages? We need to. Should we be devoted to our churches? We need to. Should we be devoted to each other? Yes, sir, we need to. Should we be loyal? Yes, we need to do that. But the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else, everything else will be added. Kiss first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Who are you kissing today? Who are you kissing today? What are you kissing today? What are you blowing kisses to today? Are they worthy? Is it worth it? Hmm? Is it worth it to lose your health over? Is it worth it to lose your temper over? Is it worth it to destroy a relationship over? You, you, some of us, we are kissing our pride. We don't want to look less. Some of us, we're kissing our, our sadness. We just like to be sad. Never happy. Always sad. Always crying. Some of us, all we do is kiss our families. Everything that they say, all they want is what we do. Who are you kissing today? What are you kissing today? What are you devoted to today? Who are you sending your Hershey's to? Your Hershey kisses to? You need to ask yourself, has these feet bled for me? Has my job bled for me? Has my family bled for me? Has my pastor bled for me? Has my church bled for me? Has my job bled for me? Has my country bled for me? And I want to let you know they didn't bleed for you. Jesus bled for you. He died on the cross of Calvary for you. He left heaven and he sacrificed himself for every human being because you mattered that much. And the angel understood, John, I didn't bleed for you. I didn't die for you. Your job did that. Jesus did that. Don't kiss my feet. I'm not worthy. I don't have authority. Some of us today need to start letting people know, hey, don't kiss me. I'm going to be influential in your life. Mm -hmm. I may help you, yes, but please don't kiss me.
My opinions may not always be true. Hmm? Don't take my words as the words of God. It's one of the things that I've had to learn as I've been growing up. Uh, that I, I used to think, I used to think, truth to God, that, that some people don't make mistakes. I, I used to, to know pastors, and they preach powerfully, and then I start to follow them. I got close, and then I realized, oh my goodness, they're as human as I am. And they even told me, Henry, the more you get to know me, you're going to discover that I'm not perfect. I have, I have mistakes. So, so, so please, don't, don't kiss me. And some of us need to start telling uh, uh, those whom are around us, please don't kiss me. Don't, don't, don't take everything. Yes, be committed, be, be loyal, but please, please learn to, 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 to keep a certain distance because you understand I'm a fellow servant and you have access to the same thing that I have and only God is worthy of, of my worship. Parents need to start telling kids, please don't kiss me. Start to develop your own plan. Start to be your own man. Start to be your own husband and then your own wife. Learn from me. Learn from my mistakes. Understand what I've gone through. But, but, but please don't kiss me. Direct that to God. Pastors need to start telling uh, members, don't kiss me. I don't have all the truth. Uh, you better study the word of God for yourself. Get to know God for yourself. Because at the end of the day, I didn't believe for you. If I see you drowning, I may think twice about jumping in. But God will never think twice about jumping in. If I see you in depression, I may pray for you. But I don't know if I can be with you all the time. But God will always be with you all the time. Hey, God is committed to you. God will be with you. And you see, my brother and my sister, when you and I function from that place of where we blow our kisses to God first and foremost, what we do is we put ourselves in a place where we'll never be disappointed by human beings, where they will not be let down by human beings because we understand that they are weak, they, they have challenges, but God will never let me down. So when we are experiencing difficulties and challenges and low moments with people, we, we now know how to handle it. But too many of us will leave God because someone whom we're kissing has not disappointed us or made us uh, feel like this Christianity thing doesn't make sense anymore. That's why some people, they will leave Christianity because they were following and kissing a pastor. But this thing needs to stop where we put so much attention and devotion on people. Uh, but we need to start thinking about God. Before you kiss anybody's feet, ask yourself, did they believe for me? Will they believe for me? Did they carry me when my, my loved one died? Did they carry me when I'm uh, drenching my, my bed with tears? Did, did they carry me when I was going through uh, financial difficulty? Did they, did they? No. They were there to give me a word of encouragement here and there. Uh, but ultimately, it is God who carried me through. So, so definitely, I'm going to blow my kisses for God and, and be committed to Him. And show my devotion to Him first and foremost. There's a famous chain of stores in the U.S. called K Jewelers. When K Jewelers do commercials, when they do a commercial about a man proposing to a woman, when they do commercials of a, of a father giving his wife a piece of jewelry, when I do a commercial about something that requires ornamentation, they always end the commercial by saying, every kiss begins with K. Every kiss begins with K. That's how, that's how every commercial ends. Because uh, K jewelers believe that if you want to have a good engagement, if you want to have a good proposal, you, be, you better begin with us. We have the best earrings. We have the best necklaces we have the best rings we cut them nicely the details nice every kiss every kiss begins with k if you really want to get that kiss if you really want to get that devotion you you better start with us well let me let you know every kiss in your life should begin with god if you want to be successful if you want to be victorious let every kiss begin with god let every Everything in your life, start from a place of devotion. Be devoted. Devote your life to God. Devote your company to God. Devote your church to God. Devote your family to God. Devote your life to God. Devote your exercise program to God. Devote your entertainment to God. 
everything devoted to God. And let me let you know, when you're blowing the right kisses to God, you're going to be successful. You're going to live a life of victory if you begin with God. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, in the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus, we've heard. I want to blow you kisses today. We want to believe in your power. We want to believe in your strength. We want to believe in what you can do more than what people can do for us. Please, Lord, take us to the experience we need to go to. Help us to begin everything with you so that we can live a life of victory. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. This I pray in the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I believe that that word did something for you because God's word goes out and it accomplishes something. I believe God has spoken to you in a specific and real way and you wanted to respond. You want to respond. You see, the good thing about God's word is that we always have a, an opportunity to respond in the ways in which he has spoken to us about. I don't know how God has spoken to you, but if your response is, I want to get closer to Jesus Christ, I want to give my life to him, I want you to connect with us. The number is right there on the screen. Please reach out. You can also reach out on social media and YouTube and other places, and we'd be more than happy to get back to you. May God bless you and strengthen you. And if at all that God has impressed your mind and your heart to make this ministry more impactful through your finances, please also give at the account number on the screen. I pray that God will continually bless you, that he'll strengthen you, and I'm going to see you very soon. Take care.